Thanks for joining us and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we will bring you true and inspiring angel stories, as well as modern day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Today we're going to look at a fascinating prophecy of Shane Warren. Now Shane Warren is a minister and got a visitation from the Lord when he was 12 years old and has a fascinating story. So in lieu of many introductions, I'm going to let Shane Warren introduce himself. Uh, This excerpt was taken from a uh, an episode from the Prophecy Club where he was speaking and I'll turn it over to him and let him introduce himself as far as that goes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, letting me be here tonight and share with you and thanks to uh, Stan and the Prophecy Club for having us tonight. Well, I hope you brought something to write with and uh, something that you can take notes. I've always believed that a short pencil is better than a long memory, right? And so uh, usually highly intelligent people like to take some notes. And I'm going to give you some uh, great, great truths tonight that I believe will be beneficial for the kingdom. Tonight I've been given the assignment of talking about the storm that I believe the Lord has shown me that is about to, to hit America and is already engulfing the world. Also to talk about the judgment that I see coming and also to talk about revival. Because God always does everything on a two-sided coin. God is to a a point of restoration. He has an end to something. He doesn't just judge people just to be judging them. He judges them unto mercy. And so, first of all, let me tell you a little bit about myself tonight. As uh, as Stan uh, told you, I was called to preach when I was 12 years old. Uh, Give you a little bit of background um, on my family. If you would have said the name Jesus... In my family, when I was a kid, I would have thought he was another brand of Coke. I literally, and that's, that's not to be funny, that's just how it was. I had great parents, had incredible grandparents. Uh, I was raised to uh, be a very moral individual. You know, telling the truth was the apex of your existence as a human being. Your word was your bond, and all you had was your name. And I had great parents, great grandparents, had a great upbringing. But church wasn't in our, uh, in our mindset. I mean, we just didn't go to church. Friends that we had didn't go to church. So I knew nothing about church at all. The age of 12, uh, one day I was visiting my grandfather. I stayed with my grandfather quite often. Uh, love him. I'm missing dearly. He's went on to be with the Lord now. But uh, I was staying with him at one time, and uh, he had built a fort for us in the back of, of this uh farm that he had, and I made my way out to that fort one day, and was just sitting in the fort, minding my own business, and looked up, and there was the Lord standing before me, and people asked me, what did he look like? I can tell you that he looked like I was looking at the sun, even brighter than the sun. I felt like I was bathed in the love of God. I can tell you, I've never felt love like that before, but I can also tell you now, and it's taken me literally years to come up with the, the words 
for how I felt when the Lord appeared to me at 12 years old. And the only words I can find is in Isaiah chapter 6. When the Lord, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, you remember that? And his train filled the temple. Isaiah said, I'm undone. And that's how I was. At 12 years old, you know, I never committed a major sin. I never slept with my secretary or stolen anything or anything of that nature. But I was a sinner. And I needed Jesus as a Savior. And so just to tell you that I felt undone. And so I began to weep in the presence of the Lord. And I, I lowered my head. And as I was weeping, He came over to me and He placed His hand upon my head. It literally burned like coals of fire, and I kind of joke with everybody today, and my wife and I make a joke that that's what's happened to my hair now. He burned all the hair off my head, killed all the hair follicles, because by the time I was like 19, 20 years old, I was bald. That's just how it was. So, uh, But he put his hand on my head. It burned like a coal of fire. And I looked up to see him because I could still feel his hand on my head, and he wasn't there at all. To this day, uh, from time to time, I do have some of my staff here with me, the Lord, from time to time, will give me uh, revelations. You know, I've always had a desire to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. And one of the things the Lord will use me in is a lot in is in word of knowledge, word of prophecy, word of wisdom. And I think the reason the Lord uses me in that is because the uh, first supernatural thing that I ever saw in my life it was when I was 12 years old. We lived in a hotel room. We were so broke. And when I say a hotel room, I don't mean like the Holiday Inn. I mean, we lived in like a crack motel. It was, it was a terrible motel room. The four of us lived there as a family. We were absolutely broke and destitute. Well, when I got saved, gave my heart to the Lord, I led my whole family to the Lord. And the first supernatural experience I ever had outside of having this visitation from the Lord was a man by the name of Nelson Douglas, who happens to be from Texas, and uh, he's dead now. Uh, Nelson Douglas came to our church. And he was preaching on a Sunday night, and he walked up to my dad in the middle of the service, and he said, you have three $100 bills in your back pocket. And he reached his hand out, and he said, give the prophet of God one of them, and the Lord will bless you. Well, most people would have said, you're crazy. But my dad, I found out later, had just gotten the only paycheck that we had. My dad always loved $100 bills. In fact, he was alive today, and he got money in his hand. First thing he would do is go to the bank, get crisp, clean $100 bills. And uh, he had three $100 bills, just like the man of God said in his back pocket. My dad stood up in that church service, took out his wallet, took out one of those $100 bills, handed it to that man, and that man grabbed his hand. He said, son, all your life you've wanted to own your own business. In 30 days, you'll be a millionaire. He gave him this warning. He said, as fast as this money comes into your hand, this is how fast it will leave your hand if you ever backslide and turn your back upon God. Sure enough, within 30 days, the second richest man in the state of Tennessee, my dad happened to be working at a very low level for this man's company, one of this man's companies. This man walked in, made my dad, gave my dad a business opportunity, and we moved out of the literally the slums of a hotel room in this exclusive neighborhood in, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And my dad went on to be one of the largest automobile, new car automobile dealers in the state of Tennessee. And this went on for years and years. My dad was a very successful businessman, uh, literally had money to buy anything he wanted, all the way down to hotels and everything else in other parts of the world. He had more money than a person could spend. And then, ladies and gentlemen, my dad, sure enough, turned his back upon the Lord, 
backslid, and my dad died at the age of 57, just uh, six years ago, he died at 57, and when he died, he was living in a room the same size as that hotel. He and mom did not have one single dime to their name. My mother starved herself to death in grief. She died three years later, and so we buried her just three years ago. She was 57 years old as well. I never will forget this before I get into the teaching, and I just want to encourage you with this. Before my dad died, he called me one day. It was on a Friday. He died on a Monday. He called me on that Friday, and he said, Son, I want you to make me a promise that no matter what happens in your life, no matter how bad it gets, I want you to make me a promise you'll never stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that was God's way of letting me know my dad had returned back to the Lord. And on Monday, my dad went home to be with Jesus. Uh, just a standard colonoscopy went into cardiac arrest and went home to be with, with Jesus. So, you know, yes, my dad lost everything, but he gained heaven. And it's better to lose everything and gain heaven than to gain the whole world and to lose your soul. Can you say amen to that? And so, uh, so anyway, that was my first experience with the supernatural. And since that time, from time to time, the presence of the Lord, I'll feel that hand upon my head. And when that comes, usually I know God's going to begin to do miracles in our services. We've had numerous miracles. Many of you have seen us on television because of those miracles that have been focused on. But not only that, uh, the Lord will begin to give me sometimes names, phone numbers, addresses, things I don't even ask for. They just come. And people come up to me every time, everywhere I go, and they'll say, give me a word. Let me go ahead and tell you right now, I can't just give you a word. The Bible says they're the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They belong to the Holy Ghost. They don't belong to shame. And so I don't have control over them. So I was called to preach at the age of 12. Now with that, I just want to tell you and kind of set up our little talk tonight uh, to, to share with you some very specific things the Lord's put on my heart. From that time forward, God had always given me a hunger for the supernatural and for the spirit realm. And I didn't understand in the early days when the Lord would begin to use me or come to me in the gifts of the Spirit and manifest Himself, I didn't know how to work that. I didn't know how to use that for Him. I really didn't understand it at all. And so it took me quite a while to get a grasp on it. But used to, the Lord would show me things in advance. Let me give you an example of this. Um, the first time that I really had one of these significant visions, all of you, of course, remember the tragedy of 9-11. I was pastoring a church in a small town called Fayetteville, Tennessee. It's right above Huntsville, Alabama. It's on the Tennessee-Alabama border. About 2,500 people. God had exploded our church in this small town. I mean, we were the largest church in the town, and the Lord was pouring out His Spirit. I mean, people were just coming from all over. And uh, long story short, on this Sunday morning, I get up to preach, and while I'm preaching, I could literally smell the stench of burning. And it, I, and it was literally, uh, you know, not to be too graphic, but it was like burning flesh. And I know what that smells like because I had uh, I had actually uh, witnessed a car accident where some people lost their lives tragically in an automobile fire. It has a certain smell to it. And anybody that's ever smelled that can tell testify to what I'm saying. It has a certain smell to it. I smelled this while I was preaching. I felt this overwhelming grief come on me. I saw fires burning. I saw things collapsing. And I stood for my church and I said, we need to stop and pray. I said, I have this overwhelming feeling something's getting ready to happen, and the numbers 9 and 11 are very specific, not very significant. We need to pray. Little did I know, just a few days later, a board member would call me early in the morning and say, Pastor, have you got the television on? And I said, no. He said, you're not going to believe this. Everything you just talked about in Sunday service is happening right now 
on television. And of course, I turned over on television and like you, joined the rest of the world as we saw the tragedy of 9-11 unfold. I don't profess myself to be a prophet. Let me tell you who I am. I'm a pastor. I love people. I love pastoring churches. I love helping other pastors. But I do believe that God will use anybody who is hungry to be used specifically in the last days. And I believe that God uh, gives us, you know, apostles and, and prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I believe He gives us those for the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the body of Christ to come together to do the work of the Lord, specifically in the last days. And so, therefore, I believe God gives you these visions for those reasons. Now, with that said, let me bring you up to date to the most recent two visions that I had. One of them was actually a dream. This all started for me uh, with a dream about a year or so ago. Uh, I had a dream in which I uh, walked into the back of a major television studio here in America. I knew it was not my television studio. Now let me clarify, our church owns a television station, a high-powered television station in Louisiana. I knew it was not my television studio. But when I walked into the back of my television studio, I looked up on the, on the platform, I was on the platform, and I had the microphone, and I was preaching. The place was absolutely packed out, and I heard myself say, turn to the book of Judges 19, the strangest passage in your entire Bible. Judges 19 is about a priest who uh, is married to a concubine, and his concubine and him are separated for some reason. He leaves the mountains of Ephraim, he goes all the way to Bethlehem to get his concubine, on the way back home, they get stuck in the middle of the night in the, in the town square of Gibeah. Right now, at that time uh, of Scripture, uh, all of Israel was in a civil war. I mean, they were on the verge of civil war, so it was a very dangerous time to be traveling. He was traveling at night, and the Bible says an old man comes out of the field. Everybody say he came out of the field. I think that's very prophetic that the Scripture would say that. It said old man comes out of the field, and he invites them to come into his house. And he begs them to stay with them because it's dangerous to stay in the city square. Well, you find out later as you read the, the passage there in the book of Judges, you find out why it's so dangerous. The Bible says wicked men of the city start banging on the door of the house and demanding that the priest or, or the man who owns the house to give the priest to them so that they can rape him all night long. Of course, the man in the house doesn't want to do this. This would be like the ultimate sin in Israel because in the Middle East, uh, hospitality is everything, and to be inhospitable is almost like an abomination. And so, to not protect this priest would be just—it uh, would be an—it would be an absolute, the ultimate wrong or the ultimate sin of his society. So, what happens is they keep banging on the door. The priest panics, slips his concubine out to these men, and the Bible says they take her and they abuse her and they rape her all night long. Now, you've got to understand, I'm standing at the back of this, this television studio, and I'm watching myself preach this on television, and I hear myself say, God told me to tell you that the dead, dying hand of America is stretched out upon the threshold of the church, and she's going to die because the church will not come to the door. She's asleep. Well, in that passage, they rape her all night long, and at the breaking of day, the Bible says she crawls back up, to the doorstep and she dies with her hand upon the threshold of that house and so I saw myself preaching this well when I woke up from this dream I immediately knew I had a God dream I ran to the table I was trembling under the power
of God, I started writing every detail down. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to open a door. And when I open this door for you, I want you to preach this to America. Tell America that the dead dying hand of America is stretched out upon the threshold of the church. And America's going to die because the church won't come to the door. And I said, Lord, who am I? How am I going to do this? I mean, who, who in the world is going to open this kind of door for me to speak in this kind of venue to the rest of the world? Little did I know, just a few days or a few weeks later, a man by the name of Perry Stone, who's a friend of mine, who, uh, who we had actually done some research with, had called me and said, Shane, I was going down, driving down the road, and I was praying, and the Lord spoke to me and said to call you, that I'm to have you to come to, to Atlanta, Georgia, to TBN, and you're supposed to speak and share whatever the Lord's given you. So with just in a few days, I found myself on TBN before the whole world preaching the dead dying hand of America. You saw me. The dead dying hand of America is, gonna, is, is right now stretched out upon the threshold of the church. So that began this journey. We're going to pause it right there. And when we come back, we're going to continue with our story of Shane Warren and his vision for America. Are you looking for a good quality used car but don't want to pay an arm and a leg? Well, come into Rainy Used Cars. We have the largest selection in the Southeast. Whether you want a pickup or a quality SUV for mom, you'll find a variety of vehicles to choose from. We even finance. So come in today. You'll find a Rainy Used Cars located near you. off Shane Warren was speaking about a dream he had and he was speaking about this dream on TBN and he suddenly was about to have a vision and we're going to pick it up now with Shane Warren and his vision of the future of America. My house and uh, and I have a big screen in, in my house and this was in our, our the house that we had previous to the one we have now and there's a big screen and a big cutout section of our cabinets and I'm watching this everybody's asleep I'm basically I'm watching Fox News is what I'm watching and in just in just a moment it was like the whole television screen switched right before my eyes now again you have to keep in mind I'm awake I've never had an open vision like this before I don't know what this is I think I'm watching 9-11 unfold again and so while I'm sitting there the whole television screen switches and this speaker comes on and he says, ladies and gentlemen, the oddest thing is happening. Normally, hurricanes form in, over the ocean over, and then they come upon uh, uh, on shore. He said, but there is a hurricane that has formed over America. And while he was talking, it went to a satellite image. I saw literally from north to south, from east to west, uh, the, the side of a hurricane, a storm, 
that was over America, the eye of the storm was moving right down the center of America. The, the news anchor said, this is the oddest storm, this hurricane, this is unbelievable. He's describing this thing. And then he says, ladies and gentlemen, we have, we have a correspondent who is on the ground in the eye of the storm. Immediately the, the television goes to this correspondent. And like you would see with any other you know, news report in a hurricane, this man's kind of being beaten and tossed with the wind. And there's, you can see the debris just swirling around his, his body. And he's saying, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is an unusual storm. This isn't like any storm that I've ever reported on. And he reaches down on the ground and he picks up a handful of $1 bills. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, he said, this is a storm of dollar bills. Well, when he said that, immediately it came back to the news anchors. Now, again, keep in mind, I'm awake. I'm thinking this is actually happening, right? I, I, it hasn't dawned on me that this is a vision. I think this is the real deal, and this is actually happening. And so it comes back to the news anchor, and, and the news anchor says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there's been another tragedy that has hit America. We have just experienced a major earthquake on the New Madrid fault line. And immediately I started seeing pictures of devastation all over the New Madrid fault line. I saw cities that were flooded. I saw cities that were destroyed. I saw people walking around in the streets, stumbling around in the smoke and in the debris. Uh, they looked like they were dazed. People were crying out for help. And, uh, and while I was watching this, division, it was like the, the, all of the United States was just split in half. While I was watching this, behind my right ear, I was sitting on the couch, and behind my right ear, I heard a booming voice, which I believe to be the voice of the Lord, that said these words, they divided my land, now I will divide their land. I knew immediately that God was speaking about Joel chapter 3, where God prophesies through the prophet Joel about the parting of the land of Israel and judgment coming to the nations. And God said, I will re reward you swiftly, quickly for what you've done to my land. And so I felt like this earthquake, and I, you know, as people say, was it a literal earthquake? Was it a spiritual earthquake? Was it a, a, a dividing of the nation? I can't say. All I can tell you is what I saw. I can tell you that I saw devastation. I continued to watch the television. And by this time, you know, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Do I go wake up my family? Do I call people? How am I going to open the church? What's the church going to do? I'm a thousand, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. A thousand thoughts are going through your mind in just a flash. And then all of a sudden, I see more pictures on television. People are riding in the streets. I see riots all over America. I see cities on fire and blazing. I see people riding in the streets, looting buildings, things of that nature. And one of the things that sticks out to me more than anything else in this vision that I've never forgotten is I saw people holding a signs, big signs, and on the signs it said, I want my entitlements. And I knew that this had something to do with the economy. When I saw these signs, I want my entitlements, immediately I was sucked up uh, from where I was right then, and I was just in a flash, I was sitting in a room in the Middle East. Now, you say, how do you know it's the Middle East? Because I've been to the Middle East several times, and the Middle East has a feel to it. Anybody that's been to Israel or that part of the world knows that the Middle East just has a feel, that Mediterranean feel that no other place in the world has. I knew I was in the Middle East, and uh, 
I was sitting in a room, and there was a long table, and there were heads of nations around these tables. I can tell you who was there. China was there, India was there, Indonesia was there, Syria was there, Turkey was there, Iran was there, uh, uh, just uh, Saudi Arabia was there, Russia was there. I mean, I could just go on and on. Egypt was sitting around the table. All of these nations were sitting around this long table, and they were having a discussion, and the discussion was how to destroy America. And they went around the table in this discussion, and, uh, you know, they tossed several ideas, and finally one of the people stood up, uh, which I, I could tell you the nation that stood up, but I want to hold that for a later time. Because the Lord has to say this, uh, only to my church has he released me to, to share that. But this nation stood up, leaders stood up and said, I can tell you how we're going to do it. The American dollar is in trouble. There is nothing holding stability to the American dollar except one thing. He said, here's what it is. All of us have to purchase dollars. It is the world currency. We have to purchase dollars to buy oil. And he said, what we're going to do is we're going to buy and sell oil with a different currency other than the American dollar. And when you take that one thing out of that equation, the American dollar will collapse. They're having this discussion. And I'm sitting here like a third party listening to this. And I'm thinking, what in the world am I hearing? And one guy, they started having a discussion, okay, what currency are we going to use? And they went around the table and nobody could come to an agreement of a currency. And finally, one of them said, I know what we'll do. We can all agree that we will trade oil for gold. Will everybody agree to that? And they said, yes, we will agree to that. And I knew immediately when I heard that, I immediately hit my body. I was sitting back on my couch. I came to. I was awake. I was shaking. I couldn't believe what I'd just seen. I knew God was showing me something that was about to happen. The Lord showed me some other things while I was in that about the Middle East. I saw the entire Middle East pushing America out of the Middle East. I'm going to stop the podcast now by Shane Warren. And I think Shane Warren's message is a little bit on the doom and gloom side. But this was done back, I want to say, between 2012-2014 time frame. And we may be coming into the time where this might be fulfilled, if it's even true. But I think we all need to be prepared just in case, because we don't know what's going to happen in the future of America. And this is always a possibility. We'll come back in a moment with some final thoughts. Well, again, thanks for listening. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a like. We welcome any comments you may have as well as suggestions or recommendations for future stories. We ask you to subscribe so that you'll be notified of any future episodes. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast.